Patricia est avec vous. Merci. New York Herald Tribune. Est-ce que tu m'accompagnes, Harold Oui, c'est idiot, je t'aime. Je voulais te revoir pour savoir si te revoir me ferait plaisir. Vous venez d'où Monte Carlo Non, de Marseille. Je suis resté samedi et dimanche à Monte Carlo. Fallait que je vois un type. Lundi, j'ai essayé de t'appeler de Marseille. Lundi et dimanche, je n'étais pas à Paris. New York Herald Tribune Je t'en prends un. C'est gentil. Kowser here with Matt Howell. And this week on The First Run, we check out the latest indie horror darling, Barbarian. Is it a Gen Z ultra meta Airbnb critique that's too clever for its own good? Or is it a surprisingly effective gem? Your favorite internet uncles are going to tell you. Then we check out the latest entry in the Tom Hanks does a bad accent canon, the live action in giant air quotes, Pinocchio. As always, we'll run down the upcoming releases on physical media, give you our straight-to-DVD and streaming picks of the week, and wrap up the show with our top five Disney, not Pixar characters. It's going to be a humdinger, folks. So let's take a listen to Barbarian. Uh, hey, uh, the laundry's still in wash. Uh, but I thought, um, well, I'm wide awake, so, so I, um, it's gonna be a bit not. I thought I'm gonna have some of this here wine, but I didn't want to open it before um, you got out of the shower because I, I know you didn't drink your tea, and would, well, I totally get that. By the way, I mean you don't know me, and, and this is a really weird situation. It makes total sense, um, but I thought that, um, you know, you might want some of this. But if I open it while you weren't here, that um, that um, I'm 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 sorry, I'm rambling. Jesus Christ. Um, I thought you wouldn't want any if you didn't see me open it, so I waited. I'm good. What a gentleman, Matt. Barbarian is here. Zach Krieger's writ, writ, written written and direct. It's his directorial debut-ish. Okay. He co-directed, I think, another film. Okay. But he is here with Barbarian. I think we have a few things to say about this, Matt. But why don't you start everything off by telling us what is Barbarian all about? Okay. So uh, Tess is in town, the town being Detroit, for a job interview. And she rents an Airbnb. When she gets there late at night, she discovers that there's somebody already in it in the form of Keith, played by Bill Skarsgård. Seems like a... Nice enough, if slightly Bill Skarsgård level creepy um, kind of dude. So she decides I have nowhere else to go. So I'm going to stay in this Airbnb with a stranger. And um, weird stuff starts happening in the house. Wild, crazy stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. Matt. All right. So we're hearing lots of great things about Barbarian. I will say, I think it's been a pretty solid year for horror pictures. Mm. Right. And I want to start using that forward a lot more pictures movies yeah i want it yeah 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 i'm i'm all into that now so, i don't know what it is but yeah my my uncle he he had his own uh family movie distribution business in the south and he's mm-hmm. super southern and he exclusively refers to movies as pictures see i think that's the right way to go what a picture <laughs> what a picture good, good picture <laughs> so i think that's the way to go so i'm gonna start doing that sounds good so matt as i was saying it's been a solid year for horror pictures and <laughs> Uh, Barbarian is getting a lot of good buzz. Yeah, as you said, Bill Skarsgård, it looks all creepy and stuff. Mm-hmm. You have this real opportunity here for uh, taking advantage of a cultural phenomenon, which is the Airbnb thing, mm-hmm. right? Turn that into your next kind of crazy stalker-esque maybe slasher thing. Because mm-hmm. you never know, like, you know, you're booked in the same house with the same person who could be a psychopath. You never know, right? Right. And then Cregan basically takes one of the hardest dog leg left turns <laughs> I think I've ever seen in a film. So let me ask you, Matt, does it work? Like you say, as in your opening, how did things come together here? Or is this just a big, 
Nice try. Yeah, so um, this thing works like gangbusters as far as I'm concerned. This picture is <laughs> is tight and it is uh, scary and it is suspenseful. I don't want to ruin anything for anybody because mm. um, I went into this pretty blind. I, in fact, I didn't even watch the trailer before I went into it. All I knew was this is an Airbnb horror film. And I think it's not saying too much where you think this is going to play out you know, in a way that would be relatively rote with these two strangers being in this Airbnb together. But man, when the turn comes, that first turn, yeah, I was saying to myself, what are you doing? Don't, don't go in there kind of thing. And it is just, it is really, really effective. It really brought out my claustrophobia. It made me scared of the dark. And it, it's got some really creepy, effective scenes that run through the whole damn thing. Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with you at all. I think this is one of the better films I've seen in the last few years that does a really good job of just subverting your expectations of what it's going to be about. Every time I think you feel you got this film nailed down, it really, it slips out from under your hands again and again and again. And it is really just a nonstop open house of insanity. And I really had a lot of fun with this. I love the fact, Matt, that I had no idea where this film was going. Mm -hmm. I really felt that I did. Okay, well, it's going to be this. No. Mm -hmm. All right, well, maybe this will happen. No. So it's it's really rock solid stuff. I think it's a very effective use of jump scares, which can be really bad or sometimes very good. Mm -hmm. And in this film really weaves together kind of the jump scares with, I think, some very effective humor at times. And just as you said, a, a plot and a story that really keeps you guessing the entire time. I mean, we have our initial kind of pop boiler thriller kind of slasher thing in the very beginning. We don't know what's going to happen. And then things take a drastic turn, right? And I really feel like just as Keith Cregan, the director here, he's basically got you filling your dipe dipes. He lets go of your throat, kind of allowing you to breathe for a minute or two, right? We get the we get the offshoot to Justin Long's yeah, character, yeah. which I'm not going to... It's not a spoiler. He's on the poster. It's <clears> not a big deal. Uh, and then you, it drags you right back into it again. And I love, too, how he focuses on our two main characters, right? So we have Georgina Campbell, who plays Tess. Mm -hmm. She is this woman. She's clearly running or getting away from some type of a relationship that is not healthy. And she runs, she has the issue where she's, this Airbnb is double booked. But she, right, lives in the world that she does where her head is on a swivel. She's constantly suspicious, constantly looking for the next threat, right? Mm. And then you have Justin Long's character who comes in, which is the exact opposite. He's a Hollywood star who, again, I don't know how much we want to spoil sure. here. Let's just say he's he's not a great dude. Yeah. And... He has this arrogance and total ignorance about his character. And then having them both go through a kind of a similar experience, it was really kind of fun and interesting to watch. I love how he gives Long's character an opportunity mm -hmm. for something that he just totally throws away. Yeah. Um, in some forms, you could say quite literally. And I also love that there's like a flashback about what two thirds of the way through the film where we kind of get an origin of the house mm -hmm. and its contents mm -hmm. and everything that's happening. And I love, though, that it's smart enough not to focus too much on that. Right. I think if we spent too much time or if that flashback was in the beginning, I think it would have been a mistake. Yeah. I love how Krieger or Kreger, I apologize if I'm not saying it which way is correct, but I love how he jumps around in time in the film and also i want to give praise to matthew patrick davis who plays one of the characters in this film and makes this person sympathetic mm -hmm. in a way i think that is almost hard to believe so really top marks across the board for barbarian for me yeah i think um yeah i i really enjoyed this i mean i think it's even I like how he even keeps you guessing about Justin's long character because he kind of slowly mm -hmm. drips everything out, you know, and yeah. it's like, you know, is he really that bad? Is it like, you know, and then in, as it kind of progresses and progresses, he's probably worse than you thought he was. Um, So it just, uh, I, I like the poor Justin Long. He gets put upon. I mean, I felt like, you know, this was Tusk all over again kind of thing for his character. <laughs> um, But um, I think in the end, he 
meets a just end. Yeah, he does. I'm more talking about just Justin Long as the actor, as the actual person, you know, that has to play these roles where he's either like Mm. this super nice, naive guy or he's like this scum of the earth kind of dude. Um, So, um, but yeah, I think, uh, man, there are some just really effective images in this thing and I I really enjoyed it. I I think I'm going to give it an A minus and I think this is going on Mm -hmm. the short list of things to buy. My list is... Very selective compared to Chris. Um, so that is high praise indeed. Oh, you were talking about purchasing yeah. media. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I have a looser trigger finger than you do. <laughs> yes. And I have a little story to tell Will right around about that too. But either way, yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. Um, I think I'm gonna give Barbarian, I'm just giving it a straight A. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pussyfoot around here. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna go for it like Cregan does okay. with this film. I think just that, you know, Matt, he leads you down this path, man. Whenever you think you can see what's around the corner, something comes out of the dark behind you. Mm-hmm. And it basically, basically pushes you off a cliff, and it's it's really just it's that effective. So if we if you've seen Barbarian, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. I feel like we could talk about this for another half hour, but I don't want to because I, I want you to go in as cold as possible for this thing. Mm-hmm. Like just to see in the next day when they walk in the neighborhood and they see how the, how bad the neighborhood it's so many really just nice perfect little touches. Mm-hmm. So Barbarian is playing nationwide in theaters. Performed really well actually. Cost about ten mil to make. Pulled in twelve and uh, is doing well. Good. So and I think it has great word of mouth. I guess he shopped this thing around for a few years and people are like, no, no one's gonna want to see this. They don't want to. First off, you can't introduce a character. I read an article. You can't introduce a character 50 minutes into a movie. You can't change this. You can't have that, right? And the finished product, top shelf stuff here, folks. So uh, check out Barbarian. Please go see it in the theater and uh, support just really fun, crazy horror filmmaking. I don't think it's like malignant crazy because that's like purposely cheesy in a a few ways. This is much more straightforward and much more unrelenting. Yeah, and it's much more genuinely scary. I mean, there are parts of it that are just like oh, creepy. Yeah. They are like straight up creepy, and they will make you feel like feel on edge. That one scene when the first kind of not the first reveal, mm-hmm. but when we're in that place yeah. and then something happens. Yeah, I clenched up and recoiled yeah. in my seat in the theater. I think the the most effective thing for me is when Justin Long is is running away and he's got the flashlight. And like you can, yeah. and it just hold the camera just holds off in the distance, and mm. you're just straining to see what's coming with him. <laughs> and it's like, and then you just see the oh god, it's so good, so good. Ugh, I got a little chill just now. That hasn't really happened for me since it follows. Mm, yeah, you know when I describe, even to this day, when I describe it follows to people, mm. the hairs in the back of my neck will stand up. Mm-hmm. Just thinking about it, and Barbarian kind of has that similar vibe for me. So not. I think they're different films, but I just, you know, just that similar creep factor for sure. Yeah. All right, Matt, let's go ahead and talk about what's coming up on physical media this upcoming Tuesday, September 20th. Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No, it's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. Are you guys sniffing old newsprint or something? You think you really know what's happening around here, don't you? Well, I'll tell you something. You don't know shit, buddy. Yeah. You think we just work in a comic book store for our folks, huh? Actually, I thought it was a bakery. This is just our cover. We're dedicated to a higher purpose. We're fighters for truth, justice, and the American way. Right. Hey, man. Read this. I told you, I don't like horror comics. Think of it more as a survival manual. There's a number on the back. And pray that you never need to call us. You better pray, folks. That's right, kids. The Lost Boys is getting released in 4K UHD this upcoming Tuesday, September 20th. Matt, a film I have never owned in physical media in any capacity. Really? I own it in DVD. I think I would have to... I would upgrade it. I think I would just have to wait for the right price point. Because it's Mm -hmm. definitely 80s cheese. Yeah, I'm all the sax guy. Is oh, yeah, like a, the sax man. A living me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I just never owned it. Every time I watched it, I saw it in the theaters, like in a revival mm-hmm, type of thing. Mm-hmm. 
or it was on like HBO. I've probably seen it like four or five times, but I've never actually owned it. Right. So I will be uh, picking up the UHD when it hits. I'm, I'm thinking 15 bucks. Fourteen ninety nine, I think, is yeah. I think, I think that's a good call. price point. I mean, if I'm if I'm being honest, depending on my mood, twenty or less, maybe you know. But Get that seventeen ninety nine. Yeah, that'd be enough. Yeah, probably. But again, that help have to be the mood. But if it hits fifteen or less, I definitely will pick it up. Good for you. And there is also a Steelbook coming out as well. Mm. So if you are a Steelbook aficionado, like I know a lot of you kids out there, then uh, there, is, there you go. Okay. <laughs> What else is coming up? BJ Novak's written and directed. See, the problem is I'm stuttering over that because it sounds weird to me. Mm. His writing and direct, his rhetorical and directorial <laughs> debut. How do you say that? That's a good question. I don't really know. Directorial debut or his... Because he wrote and directed it. Yeah. And it's debut. His scriptorial? I, I don't know. I don't think that's right either. See, like normally you would just say it's like their first screenplay or something like, you know. I don't know. I got it. The first film written and directed by B.J. Novak. Ah, there you go. Vengeance. That works. Wow, we are idiots. <laughs> it's being released. It's about a radio host from the uh, NYC, the Big Apple, as they say. Mm. Attempts to solve the murder of his girlfriend and travels down south to investigate the circumstances of her death and discover what happened to her. RLJ Entertainment is releasing The Reef Stocked. This, of course, is a sequel to the shark thriller The Reef. Includes a couple new interviews, an introduction, and more. Shot Factory is releasing the film Postmortem about a photographer who's an ex-soldier of the First World War, the Great War. And it goes to Small Village to catch the images of the dead family members where the, li- where the where, excuse me, where the live relatives, as they say, as it was frequent at the time. Wow, I really butchered that paragraph. In a place that had many deaths because of the Spanish flu, unable to bury their dead due to the frozen land, the village is in the hands of unfriendly ghosts. This man is going to try and help them. Include some deleted scenes. Music Box is releasing Lost Illusions, which is an adaptation of Henri de Balzac's novel, Les Illusions Perdues. I'm assuming it's like, um, is what, the illusionary chicken? Okay. And uh, features Benjamin Voisin. Kino Lorber is putting out Marina. As tensions rise between a restless teenager, Julija, and her oppressive father, Ente, when an old family friend arrives in their Croatian island home. Shudder is putting out Cursed Films 2. This is a five-part documentary series which explores the myths and legends behind some of Hollywood's most notoriously cursed horror film productions. Matt, I haven't seen either seasons of this on Shudder. Have you watched them yet? I watched the first season. It was uh, it was interesting. I say that. I don't know if I actually finished the first season, but I think you know it starts off with The Exorcist and you know kind of mm-hmm. goes through and The Omen, things like that. It's, it's an interesting watch. New to Blu-ray, Criterion is putting out Exotica. Adam McGowan's film. It actually includes his other film, Calendar, as part of this set. Gets a brand new 4K restoration supervised by McGowan and director of photography, Paul Sarasi. Uh, An audio commentary as well, new conversations. And then two other short films by McGowan, Peep Show and En Passant. Uh, What else we got? Criterion is putting out La Corbeau. Man, the French are really beating me up today. (laughs) Henri Georges Clouzat's film. About a French village doctor who becomes a target of poison pen letters sent to the village leaders, accusing him of affairs and practicing abortion. A brand new 4K restoration is included on that one. Warner Archive Matt is putting out King Kong on Blu-ray, your OG. Mm. I believe, though, there is talk of a 4K at some point, so you may want to sit tight on that. Kino's Orber is also putting out the Eli Wallach film Ace High with a brand new 4K restoration. After stealing 300K... A bandit is caught and given an opportunity to save his neck by joining forces against a murderous desperado. Includes audio commentary by filmmaker Alex Cox as well. Kino Lorber is putting out some other films uh, from 1946, the Barbara Stanwyck movie The Strange Love of Martha Ivers. It's a brand new 4K restoration. As well as The Turning Point from 1952. And then 1937's The Last Train from Madrid gets a 2K restoration with a brand new audio commentary as well. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, but Kino Lorber is already putting out The Outer Limits Season 2 on Mm Blu-ray. We talked about Season 1 about maybe a week, two weeks ago. And then uh, Code Red is putting out Mercenary Fighters. Some people say Mercenary Fighters. I don't quibble with how you pronounce things. Uh, Also known as Freedom Fighters. Gets a brand new 2K restoration. Scorpion is putting out Dr. Death, Seeker of Souls. From a previously restored uh, camera negative from 2015, audio commentary by star John Considine, and more. Mondo Macabro is putting out a bunch of films. And The Folds of the Flesh, oh, that sounds dirty. Don't Deliver Us from Evil, probably dirty. 
A haunted Turkish bathhouse? <laughs> Definitely dirty. And then finally, House of Terrors, also known as Ghost of Hunchback. Some other 4K releases, Matt. A steelbook release of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, Ari, not Ari Aster. What's his name? The guy who did High Tension that I like so much. The French guy. The 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 uh, Hills Have Eyes director. Oh, remake. Aja? Asia? Alexander Aja. Thank you. Mm-hmm. He Another French guy. God damn it. His uh, alligator movie, Crawl, mm-hmm. is being released in 4K. Mm-hmm. Very good film if you haven't seen it. A lot of fun. I almost picked it up on iTunes for five bucks yeah. like two or three times and eventually just didn't pull the trigger on that. A deluxe edition of Batman's Long Halloween. I guess it was two separate releases before. Mm-hmm. This is both of them combined into one okay. with some uh, new features as well. And then Poltergeist is being released in 4K. Okay. And there's also going to be an exclusive Best Buy Steelbook. Another movie I've never owned in physical media is Poltergeist. So okay. I'll be picking that one up as well. Do you own Poltergeist? I do. I own it on DVD. It sounds like I bought a lot more DVDs and you've really kind of surpassed me as far as Blu-rays and 4Ks go. Could be. Do you have your collection cataloged anywhere? I actually have mine on Blu-ray.com. So, so see everything I, have. I have had the collection multiple times, but most of the sites have gone kaput. Mm-hmm. Um Right now, I, I use something, an app called um, uh, iCollect, which has multiple collections. So you can put your comics in there. It, basically, all kinds of different collections. I only have my Blu-rays and my 4Ks in there. I don't have my DVDs in there. Yeah, I had some time off a while back, and I put all of my DVDs that I still had mm-hmm. on there on Blu-ray. But I, I, I think I tried iCollect. There's a cost for that one, though, right? Uh, I think it's like a, it's not like a recurring cost. It was like a one-time cost and it was like, you know, 15, 20 bucks. So I was like, whatever, that's fine. Mm, I have to look into that. Cause I like to catalog all my music too. And some yeah. Stuff, I mean, so. I use it to catalog all my books, you know, like you said, comics, action figures, anything you can collect that got different databases for. Ooh, I'll have to look into that. Mm-hmm. Thank you, man. Uh, also coming up for me, I'm very excited about this is Pink Floyd's Animals is getting its Blu-ray release. This is a 2018 remix of the album, which has basically been shelved for four years because the band members, specifically, I think, Gilmore and Waters, could not agree on the liner notes. It's because they hate each other. Basically. Mm-hmm. So, But it is finally being released. Now, the Blu-ray and the CD and the vinyl, mat are all coming out next week. But there's a deluxe set, which is the, all of them together, as well as a DVD. Okay is going to be part of a big set. That doesn't come out till October. Gotcha. So, and of course, that's the one I pre-ordered because Animals, I think, is my favorite Pink Floyd album. And you can actually hear the remix of Dogs on YouTube right now. And it sounds incredible. Okay. Like, I've never heard it before. All right. It's so clear now. And it's just, it's beautiful. I actually live tweeted my listen to it when it first came out <laughs> like a month ago. Yeah. But you can pick that up. The individual releases, uh, Actually, no, not this up, not next Tuesday, but this upcoming Friday. Oh. I think when this show drops, I think the uh, album will be available. There you go. And then finally, Matt, your straight-to-DVD pick of the week, Wrong Place, starring Ashley Green and one Bruno Bruce Willis. A methamphetamine cook hunts down the former police chief of a small town in order to silence him before he can deliver eyewitness testimony against his family, but ultimately finds himself up against more than he bargained for. Mm. Which will we be streaming this week? Speaking of uh, kind of this year's horror, the Black Phone is available for your streaming pleasure. If you're one of the dozen or so people who have Peacock, um, it's there for you to watch. If you don't, you can rent it for a few bucks. I don't think it's as good as everybody made it out to be, but I still mm. had a, a decent time watching it. And honestly, horror is a genre where the bar is pretty low, where the greats are great, but most of it is middling to less. So I think this is on the decent side of a horror film. You know what I watched the last week or so? I'm actually think about a third of the way through. Mm-hmm. I watched Hellraiser last week, okay. and then Hellraiser Part Two. I'm about a third of the way through. Okay. Part of me is thinking maybe for Halloween I'll go through the rest of them, Ooh. but they're so bad. They are. They're I don't awful. Know if I want to do that, they're so <laughs> awful. I don't know. That's uh, horrible. And I just want to mention one thing. So all the Star Trek 4Ks, Matt, came out last week. Okay. And I ordered them all. Yeah. And they were supposed to be here last Tuesday. Okay. And guess what? Not here. They didn't come. Oh, Chris, I'm so sorry. And they're sorry. still not here. Oh, my God. They're still not here. So I ordered replacements. So I got two and six. Mm-hmm. All right? Two came yesterday. Six came today. I'm going to get four tomorrow. And then part three is unavailable right now from Amazon. 
And part one is going to come at the end of September or early October. And that terrified me. <clears throat> because that deluxe set of the first one yeah. is a limited run. Okay. They just made this first batch and they're not doing any represses. Okay. They already announced it. So I got into a little panic. And I don't know what's going to happen. So I bought it again. I bought it from Best Buy. And it's going to be here Thursday. So what I'm going to do is Amazon's already supposed to be shipping me out a new one. But I don't trust that it's going to happen. I've been burned before by them on like limited run stuff. Yeah. And I get like I think I I ordered David Bowie's uh, Tin Machine 2 on vinyl pre-order through Amazon. And they never got it. Then I never got it. So eventually I thankfully found it in a record store. Um, and I think I paid an extra two bucks more than I was going to pay on Amazon. So I was happy about it. But I was really upset at the time because it was, again, a limited pressing of the album. So I panicked and I bought it again on Amazon. I mean, on Best Buy, as well as Star Trek 3 okay. because Amazon is sold out of Star Trek 3 with no restock date. Okay. So, but I, and the good thing is I got the same price for both. Okay. So I guess so, if one come, does end up coming in, you just get a refund? So basically, yeah, I'm going to call. Well, what I'm going to do is when I get the other one from Best Buy, I'm just going to call and cancel my Amazon order and get a refund. Gotcha. So. It was very, very scary. Very nervous for but you. It, yeah, but you know what else is scary? I'm Garth Marenghi, author, dreamweaver, visionary, plus actor. You are about to enter the world of my imagination. You are entering my dark place. Nobody does a segue like me, Matt. This is our kind of what off the cuff improv yep. new segment it where yep. <laughs> you find something Matt. obscure and make me watch it. <laughs> so Matt is watching, and this is a big commitment. Basically, twenty three minute episodes yes. of there are only six six times. That's right of the wonderful Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. This week, Matt will be discussing Skipper the Eye Child. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Matt? Yeah, so um, I think this is the most (laughs) random one to date. So the episode starts off by Dags and uh, Matt Barry's character, which I'm blanking on his name, walking into a patient's room. Sanchez. Sanchez, thank you. Um, Walking into a patient's room, then he's being violated anally by a giant eyeball. Um, Mm -hmm, Sure. And then, uh, you know, after you see some giant eyeball dong, (laughs) a little bit blurred out, they kill the eyeball, and then he gives a very graphic anal birth to an eye to a to a, a an eyeball that they decide that they're going to take care of because of course garth Marenghi's character he lost his own son which inexplicably was half grasshopper for some reason even though his <laughs> wife is all human so i'm not sure why mm-hmm. that happened but uh you know he goes attached to the little the little freak of nature and he uh decides to uh try and take care of it himself it is some wild stuff i think this is probably my favorite episode so far really yeah i think it's pretty funny i like the randomness of it all and it's just like the way it's all just presented like so matter of factly you almost go with it initially and then you're like wait a minute why is this son a grasshopper like i don't doesn't make any sense so i don't <laughs> i i enjoyed it quite a bit what so what would you give skipper the eye child as a grade uh, i think i'm gonna give skipper the eye child an a minus very nice we only have three episodes to go matt the apes of wrath Scotch mist and the creeping moss from the shores of Shagath. Mm. So uh, that last one sounds pretty good. There you go. (laughs) Well, let's keep rolling then, Matt, and let's spend a few minutes and talk about uh, Pinocchio. Locked solid. Well, no, I guess this isn't what you signed up for when you decided to be a famous actor, is it? It's not my fault. I never wanted to be famous. Sorry, kiddo. That's not the way I remember it. But I didn't want to be famous. I wanted to go to school. Hey! It's true. All of those people cheering and applauding. I hated it. (gasps) What's happening, Jiminy? Looks like some sort of fairy magic. Kind of on the nose, if you ask me. But the point is, a lie can really change a person, Pinocchio. Which is why I'm telling you the 110% most honestly honest, truthiest truthiness ever. Believe me! Oops, okay, that last part wasn't true. But everything I said up until then was. Jiminy, you okay? More or less. Now quit telling those whoppers. You know, 
In case you're curious, that's Pinocchio's nose mm-hmm. that's growing. Mm-hmm. I just want to make that clear. This is a PG show. Sure. And I don't want to have any confusion. Very true. And I can't tell you how angry it makes me every time Jiminy Cricket calls him Pinocchio. He called him Pinocchio all... in, the, in the original, in the original anime. That's what he called him. Yeah, but this it bothered me so much in this <laughs> well, film. You didn't I don't like, know why uh, it is. You didn't like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's turn as Jiminy Cricket? That surprised me too. That Jiggle is um, Joseph. Yeah, is, is Jiminy Cricket in this film? I didn't. Doesn't sound like him to me mm, at all. It doesn't. No. So good for him. So this time, uh, Pinocchio. Pinocchio. I like to say it like Giada says, spaghetti. <laughs> This adaptation of Pinocchio by Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis, mm. Matt. Mm. Helmed version of the story. Geppetto. Now, I haven't seen Pinocchio in, how old am I now? 25? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say 35, 40 years. <laughs> okay. I have not seen Pinocchio. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And did Geppetto loses his wife and son in the original move in the original animated film. Um, like, so it's I don't think so. Like yeah, that. I don't recall there ever being anything about you know he had a a son previously. I almost feel like it's just implied that he's like this lonely you know old man. Yeah, not like this dark. Mm-hmm lonely man who lost anything that's ever meant anything to him in his life. Right. Now all he has to hold on to are these clocks that his deceased wife loved Mm -hmm. and his son met some type of untimely end as well. And there is a lot of darkness in this film. Now I will say, I do recall the original Pinocchio being kind of dark and scary Mm -hmm. too, Mm -hmm. but I think Zemeckis really leans into that here. Mm -hmm. But I will say Though it is dark and scary at times, I think there are other times this film has some really dazzling visuals. I think the time we spend in his shop, Geppetto's shop, Mm -hmm. it's like you're walking into a Christmas miracle. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it looks so beautiful and calming and it's so incredibly well rendered and it's just wonderful. But unfortunately, some of the other effects at times are really bad. Mm -hmm. I think the scene where Pinocchio is using his legs as a what an outboard yeah, boat engine right doesn't really work at all here's here's what i'm going to say matt they like i have a couple of nitpicks we'll talk about but i think the big issue is that this film lacks any kind of heart or soul it to me exists only as product mm-hmm. and which is doubly frustrating because that's the core of what this story is all about mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on Pinocchio. Yeah. Um, so it's it hits almost all of the major beats from the animated film with a few changes. Spoiler alert, guys. I mean, some of the changes are like they add a, a put upon assistant of Stromboli that is there mm-hmm. for some reason. You don't get the deal with Monstro where the Pinocchio essentially dies and the, the Blue Fairy has to come back and bring him back to life. And then at the same time, turns him into a real boy. So like it's it changes the entire kind of message of the film it's like where it's more like be happy with who you are kind of message as opposed to kind of getting what you want or the thing you kind of strove for Mm -hmm. because he stays a puppet for possibly with him and geppetto i think really what the my problem with is is it just is it's just flat it's very by the numbers Mm -hmm. it's very kind of boring it's not really engaging it doesn't really bring anything new to the to the film and even the stuff that is dark that's it's as dark or darker in the original animated film because you know in the 40s they didn't mess around with your little feelings kind of thing um yeah you know um i mean shit bammy's mother getting killed and you know dumbo's mother getting locked away and all this kind of stuff and I don't know. It just—it's missing something. I don't. I can't put my finger on it. It just feels. Maybe it is just the fact that it just smacks of cash grab with Tom Hanks kind of phoned in performance and the kind of lifelessness of it all. It just doesn't work for me. Yeah, I wondered too when I was watching it. Is the animation is just—is it just too good now? Is that part of the issue? Is I know we had concerns like with the Polar Express mm-hmm. when the characters were like dead behind the eyes, right? right? Uncanny Valley it, stuff. 
Yeah, and I just part of me wonders because it looks so good at times mm. that I just I wonder if it's that common if it's just too much mm. by having that level of animated realism in an, in a basically an animated mashup with live action movie. It's just too much now and it gives it a lifeless quality. I think really what it is, I mean for me as we're kind of sitting here talking about it, the animated characters feel more appropriate and alive in their gestures and stuff. It's when you juxtapose it with all of the actual real actors, they just seem very out of place. They're not as cartoonish as they should be, right? Like think of like mm-hmm. Roger Rabbit, like even everybody's performance in that from you know, Christopher Lloyd and, and everybody else, they have all of these kind of elevated, very cartoonish performances to kind of go along with the, the cartoons that they're acting against. Whereas this, it just seems very Broadway, very stilted. It's not enough. Like it just comes off as very disjointed. And I think, I think they, they just kind of, again, the, the live action pieces of it are even are just phoned in even like things like Stromboli and stuff like that is just not, they try and play it big, but it just doesn't work. Yeah. The stuff at Pleasure Island is the same mm-hmm. way. I think it's so much more fully realized and so much more intricate, but it's still, there is, I don't know, just the, I, I, the added realism, everything kind of takes away from the fantastical parts of it all. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I don't know. And Tom Hanks too, like you said, phoning it in. He really nails though, that Italian accent probably once or twice. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's it's basically gone yeah. for the majority mm-hmm. of the film. Yeah, he just slips back into Tom Hanks' voice. <laughs> it's a, and even the humor in this one doesn't really lo- land as well. I think, the, for me, the most enjoyable jokes, if anything, was the alarm clocks when they go off and they have the, Z- the Disney-themed mm-hmm, ones. Mm-hmm. I particularly enjoyed the Snow White one out of all of them. But um, it's just, yeah, it's not... For me, when I turn this thing off, I'm like... What a stunning failure yeah. from the director of Back to the Future. You know, a perfect film. Yeah. And then there is this lifeless, soulless husk of an animated live-action mashup that is just, at times looks great, but never truly comes alive. Never becomes a real movie, like Pinocchio becoming a real boy. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's telling why he didn't become a real boy at the end. It's sad, really, Matt. I'm giving Pinocchio. I'm giving it a D. You know what? Um, great minds think alike. I'm right there with you. I'm going to give it a D as well. We do have Guillermo del Toro's adaptation coming up later this year. So do you right? think it's going to be darker? Or do you think it's somehow oh, going to yeah. be more whimsical and uh, more uplifting? I can't imagine. It's del Toro. It better not be whimsical and more uplifting. You know, the man can be, you know, can have some, can be nice every now and again. I guess, but I don't know. I want me some Pan's Labyrinth Pinocchio, baby. I don't think you're going to get it. I think you're going to be sorely disappointed. You're probably right. I'm used to it, though. Mm. I just watched Pinocchio. (laughs) If you had a chance to see this version of Pinocchio, shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. It is currently streaming on Disney+. Plus. Do you think this is an issue where they're like, oh, this isn't terribly good. Let's just put it on the streaming platform? Yeah, it seems to be the way it's going, doesn't it? Hmm. There you go. And if you haven't seen it, just pop on the original animated film instead. Mm -hmm. It's better. All right, Matt. You ready to close out the big show and share our five favorite Disney characters who are not part of the Pixar extended universe? Yes, I am. Sorry, Duke Kaboom. (laughs) I will say, though, that this particular clip, Matt, for a while when I was younger, like in my super romantic teen years, Mm -hmm. this song always kind of filled my heart with hope. Which thankfully is, you know, it's, it's long since dead. Wanna know a secret? Promise not to tell. We are standing by a wishing well. Make a wish and choose a well. That's all you have to do. And if you hear it echoing, your wish will soon come true. I'm wishing. I'm wishing. For the one I love to find me, to find me today, today. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, and I'm dreaming of the nice things, the nice things you'll say, you'll 
very sweet, isn't it? It's lovely. It is. That, of course, is a clip from Snow White, the uh, film basically that built Walt Disney Pictures, mm-hmm. right? The, uh, their big first major success, the first big animated film there. Snow White, Matt, did not make the cut for me. Shocking. Sadly. Because like I said, I'm dead inside now. But um, I'll go first, Matt. I'll give you the ultimate number one. Okay. And it occurs to me now, initially, as I put my part of my list together, I'm like, well, I'm going to avoid stuff that they don't own mm-hmm. originally, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But then it occurred to me, I'm looking I'm like, well, that's not true. Because my uh, number one is something they don't own. Okay. <laughs> now that I think about it. All right. But uh, anyway, we'll see how that goes. So my number five then... I think, I think, I think, I think, I think I'm going to go with Maximilian from the black hole. Okay. The big red tortured death robot (laughs) who uh, kills our bad guy and in the end merges with him at the core, at the center of the black hole and one of the most terrifying and horrific scenes in a Disney movie I can think of. Uh, I've always loved the black hole and I will confess I have not watched it in 25, 30 years. Mm -hmm. So I think I need to check it out. I looked actually when I was putting this list together, Matt, to see if it was available on Blu-ray. Yeah. And it only is as part of the Disney Movie Club. Okay. Now I can buy it on eBay for like forty bucks, but I don't. I don't think I'm gonna do that. Yeah. So uh, anyway, Maximilian, really cool kind of you know the robot with the all red and the the weird different weapon arms yeah. and. He just busted shit up, and uh, yeah, I was I had a little toy of him when I was a kid too. I always thought it was cool, so he's my number five. Man, I haven't seen the black hole in forever. I may have to try and track some of that down. Um, all right, so my number five then is I guess really the stunt casting that really kicked off, you know, this whole celebrities voicing animated characters. Before this happened, this you didn't really hear of this, and. Honestly, Robin Williams' turn as the genie is the best part of that that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if if uh, he's not in Aladdin, I don't think it's anywhere near as good as it is because he completely owned that. And it kind of showed, for better or for worse, that all these A-list celebrities could get an easy paycheck by just uh, showing up and recording some lines. But he did it first and yep. he did it best. I can't believe I forgot about Robin Williams in Aladdin. Mm, it's pretty bad. I, would, I think I focused too much on stuff from my youth. Gotcha. And that was kind of really at the tail end of me. Damn it. That should be in my list. But I'm a man of integrity. I'm going to keep moving forward, Matt. All right. My number four is I'm going to keep the darkness because I'm a dark guy. Jonathan Price as Mr. Dark and Something Wicked This Way Comes. Man. Another film I saw as a kid that gave me nightmares. Mm. That scene in the fun house with the mirrors and the guy changed. Ugh. Very effective, very chilling film based on Ray Bradbury's short story, right? Mm -hmm. Great, great stuff. Another film that I am desperate to watch. And I got to see if it's... It may even be on Disney+. Plus. I don't know if it is or isn't. I got to check that out. But man, one of the first forays into horror for me. And I've always loved Something Wicked This Way Comes. So Jonathan Price is Mr. Dark. So creepy. Mm -hmm. So uh, he's my four. Man, that is is another one that I haven't seen in, in so, so long. I'll try and check that out as well. All right. Well, mine is not, my number four is not scary at all. It is, in fact, the big, lovable, cuddly marshmallow man. Um, that's Baymax and the underappreciated Big Hero 6. I don't know why Big Hero 6 wasn't as big a hit as it sh- I think it should have been. It's actually a pretty fun movie. And Baymax, as the um, last vestige of the main character's dead brother as a sentient uh, helper robot designed to help people being turned into a superhero. And he's basically a big balloon is, is a lot of fun. And is, you know, Kawhi character design taken to the absolute limits since he's just eyes and marshmallow. I did not like that film at really? all. I don't get the affection for it. Yeah. I don't think it's terribly good. I think you're incorrect mm-hmm. on that guys. Don't listen to Chris. I mean, he, he likes to pretend he's an authority on all things film, but he's wrong on this one. It's going to happen eventually. Yeah. So I can just, I can confirm for you. The black hole is on Disney plus something wicked. This way comes is not. Oh my gosh. Missed opportunity. Absolutely. So my number three, then, I'm going to now get into some goodness, some purity. And that's Dick Van Dyke as Bert the Chimney Sweep from Mary Poppins. Wow. Just goofy, charismatic, fun-loving, has his crush on Mary as well. 
and just absolutely a delightful, fun, ridiculous performance by Dick Van Dyke. So uh, Bert's my number three. And you want to talk about bad accents. Whew. Oh, yeah, it's great. That is the worst Cockney, Cockney yeah. accent I've ever heard. Uh, it is something to behold. All right, so my number three then. I think the the movie that one of the few dual holiday movies that are out there um, starts off in the wonderful Halloween town with the Pumpkin King Jack Skellington um, as my number three. I will tell you, when I first saw this, I was super excited to see this, and I can't tell you. Immediately, I was very put off that it was a musical. I was not prepared for that. Uh, but <laughs> it has it has grown on me over the years. And now I think it's, you know, uh, it's a, a Halloween and Christmas, uh, you know, a staple. And I think uh, Jack Skellington is a really cool character design. I really like the idea of a king of Halloween. And uh, I think he's just a lot of fun who's, you know, creepy as well as lovable at the same time. I have never seen A Nightmare Before Christmas. You haven't? Really? I have not, no. Nope. Oh, man. Chris, what are you doing to me right now? I watch it this Halloween. Okay. I will get that done. Yeah. Mrs. That I can do. It's probably better than watching Hellraiser. Yeah, Part Mrs. First Run might 12. actually might actually watch that with you. No. No. What? No, 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 no. I don't, so I don't, I don't understand. So she, she just refuses to watch anything with you and you watch everything with her that she wants to watch? I don't know if I'd describe it exactly that way. <laughs> it sounds like it. She won't even watch. She's not a big fan of animated films because well, they're for kids it's claymation so still no no she Unless needs to basically matt we can't get you can't really get dark we got to basically stick at a hallmark level and that's about as and the, their their mysteries is about as dark as we go i, I see it's too bad i think she's missing out she needs to find that childlike sense of wonder man get the spark well, back we watched Ted Lasso. I think that's about as close as we're going to get. Wow, okay. um, let's see. Number two. Back to the evil. <clears throat> I'm going Maleficent. The uh, witch sorceress thing. Especially when she takes on her dragon form. Yeah, Maleficent's Which scary. is one of the coolest, scariest little animated sequences I ever saw as a kid. I love her design as a character. Even the begin before that with the horns and the... And the uh, Skeletor staff scepter thing, right? All that stuff. So I don't know. Just I was always really just impressed with the just the character design and the voice acting of her. And then when she transforms into the dragon, mm -hmm. forget it. I mean, I'm the Vince McMahon meme. You know, <laughs> the different stages yeah. as she goes from you know that's that's me. So that she's my number two. Yeah, Maleficent is pretty scary. Um, all right, so my number two then is uh, one of the more recent ones. Again, I think a a, a film that is going to continue to age well, I hope. But it is Wreck-It Ralph as uh, voiced by John C. Reilly um, as a video game villain who lives in video game town. And he decides he doesn't want to be just a villain anymore because he may be a bad guy, but he's not a bad guy. And, uh, you know, it's it's a, a fun little thing. And I love this, the you know... All the little video game Easter eggs that, you know, I immediately picked up on and recognized. And I, I just had a, a blast with it. And I think it's a a, a fun story. And, and John C. Riley is always great. Yeah. Record Ralph is a great pick. So much so that I totally forgot about that as well. Mm. Um, <laughs> that should probably be in my top five. Again, I focus too much on my youth. That's that's understandable. And, and not the modern stuff. Yeah. So my number one then, though this is colored by the most recent film mm. but it's Pooh, mm. and it's new age guru Pooh, mm. who has you know the mysteries of the world and life solved mm -hmm. with his plain just th random thoughts that kind of crystallize everything mm -hmm. and i think that is one of the big successes of that was it the christopher robin movie mm -hmm. that came out a couple years ago yeah. wonderful little film and i love the cartoons and stuff as a kid so that's when I said my number one. I forgot that they didn't own Pooh right. so much so that we have that Winnie the Pooh horror movie yeah. that's coming out. Well, but still, well, kind of creepy because we've had such divergent lists. But Winnie the Pooh is my number one as well, and ah. and I think it's fair to say that red shirted Pooh that we're used to that is owned by Disney, so I think it counts. So I, uh, that's true. Yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's a, a character that I absolutely adored as a kid. 
And it still holds up now. I mean, the little kind of nuggets of uh, wisdom that are laid out to everybody and the kind of endlessly quotable stuff that's very sweet and kind of melancholy at the same time is uh, is just hits just the right kind of nostalgic note for me. So I adore Winnie the Pooh and he's had to be my number one. Oh, see, look at that. Yeah, look at us. Everything's come. Everything hey, comes back around. Hey, that's good. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Do you ever watch Hot Ones? That's a great show. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> that Paul Rudd. That's a good one. One that is, of course, another meme is absolutely hilarious. No, that's a good one. What about uh, any honorable mentions for you? Um, so I put uh, Moana, I thought, um, was pretty solid mm-hmm. for a late entry. I also liked um, Jason Bateman's turn as Nick Wilde in Zootopia as the uh, kind of okay, uh, good. the fox that was uh, trying to break out of his own uh, past. And that's kind of what immediately come to mind. I didn't really think about I didn't really consider putting any of the live action films on it, so I didn't really think about it. So I guess if I had time to sit and stew with that, I might come up with some other ones. Yeah, I also had uh, Flynn from Tron, mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges' character. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had Pinocchio, OG okay. Pinocchio. Uh, what else we have here? Roger Rabbit, uh, another character from the Black Hole, Vincent, of course, Donald Duck, that no pants wearing freak, and then finally uh, Jake the Cat oh. from the Cat from Outer Space. Okay, wow, look at so, you, look at me, look at you, look at us. Hey, look at us. <laughs> look at us. <laughs> so, what's your five? What are your five favorite Disney characters, non Pixar? Shoot an email at feedback. At the first run.com. Matt, what do we got coming up next week? I know we had a, a pregame discussion of yeah, it that I don't was, know if anything's actually physically, officially settled, yeah. but. Well, it was very intense. I, I believe it is settled. So we're going to watch Pearl, uh, the mm-hmm. prequel to, was it this year's or last year's X? Was it this year? Was it X? This year, March. Okay. Um, see, that was already so long ago. I already thought it was last year. And because you know i'm such a good friend of chris i'm gonna let him break his own rule about documentaries and we're gonna watch the david bowie documentary moon age moon age daydream is that what it's called moon age <laughs> moon age daydream yeah, yes okay. good I'm, I, I'm eager to talk about that i don't know I'm, I'm gonna still try and see if i can squeeze in the new fletch movie i'm not confident mm. i also know that clerks three is coming out it's a fathom event thing it's basically showing at seven o'clock like Friday through, I'm not sure how long, but um, I'll be covering Clerks 3 as well as part of Screen Run as a special bonus episode mm-hmm. with the Lady One. And we, her and I both bought tickets for the tour, for the, uh, yeah, so the convenience tour, which is not going to happen here in Tampa until October. Okay. So we will be reporting back then. And Matt will be checking out Clerks 3 as well at some point. So we'll do, um, we'll toss, toss it on, on, uh, here as well, we'll have a different discussion for that. In the meantime, you can find us at thefirstrun.com, and you can find old archives of the show, the report card, and a whole lot more there. We're also on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Do a search for the first run. Scroll, 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 and you'll eventually find us. Head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a review. It'll help other people find the show as well. And that's it. So we're gonna go ahead and take an extended break. We love you very much, and we'll see you soon. Take care.